0: Welcome to the Free Mind Podcast. Are the stars out tonight? I don't know if this cloud is
1: alright. Well, back at again. Here we're going to be talking a little bit about pietism. 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 You know, we started talking about that a little bit, uh, I think, two episodes ago. With, um, we played that message from Jared Longshore. About three, you know, where do we go from here, we got three options separatist pietism, defensive evangelicalism, uh, or reformed Kyperianism. And uh, we said, you know, what we want to do is definitely no matter where you land. I'm not sure which camp we're we're falling in yet fully, but we definitely don't want to be in that first camp okay. of the separatist pietists. Um, and but un- unfortunately, I think that's probably the camp that ha- has the most influence on all of us. Like it's the water we swim in. It's what we grew up in. If if we haven't been trained otherwise, that is pietism. the yeah okay. pietism, separatist especially pirates. the way that it's influenced us and and kind of led us to where we are. In this um, cultural moment, you know, you, you ask questions like, man, ha- how is it that the, that the church that, that we didn't, you know, that we seem to have allowed ourselves to be marginalized to an extreme uh, okay. degree okay. in the past, you know, five, 10 years, whatever it is. Um, but it was actually the seeds were planted for this long ago and we had already really been set up for it and it's just the logical conclusion of this kind of long long march and so i'm going to talk about that today before we jump into all that um if you can subscribe if you're on youtube uh, it just helps us you know to to let you guys know every time we get a, a new one um if you can also just you know we love to hear from you guys we're getting some some comments some emails and we get to interact a little bit more and, and kind of share some of the resources we're using uh just some thoughts you know we, we maybe we'll do a QA one up here soon we'll pull from some of those but i got a few comments uh this week from either youtube or on our patreon channel we also still have patreon if you do want to partner with our ministry we have a, a link below uh, either in the podcast or on youtube so feel free to jump on that and uh you know, help 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 Nerva get the new diamond earrings <laughs> displayed. <in. laughs> but no, I gotta I gotta uh. brag on her to uh today because, you know, my wife she's got she's got like a full time job. She's doing full time school. Now I have a job too, but like after my job, I get to I get to come and actually like listen to this stuff, read these books. But you're like you you don't have much time to follow along with me in this journey. Along for the
0: ride, y'all know
1: that. (laughs) Well, that's not true though. You're studying (laughs) worship, theology of worship, like full time as a student, and so. But, you know, we're not doing that topic right now. We may do that in the future. I'm excited. Like we were talking about the potential of maybe doing mm-hmm. a series on what is biblical worship. And, and then I'll just be tagging along on your uh, trail that you blaze. So, but, you know, I'd still like her to be on these episodes because I think it's good as a litmus test. Like mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff you're hearing for the first time. I've been swimming in it now no for worries. months or even, a, even so a year I awesome. so much. awesome. So you're giving, I want you to just talk like, man, like. Give it to me because it helps me to know what some people, (laughs) (laughs) what some folks on the other side that like me a year and a half ago, when I was hearing these concepts for the first time, Mm -hmm. the thoughts that would have come to my head and that I've since forgot, because, you know, you go down that trail long enough, you're into the woods, you forgot like the first, you know, a few miles of what it was like to be on that trail. So, you know, anything that pops up, just, just shoot it out there. It'll help me. But Okay. 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 But anyways, I just, I appreciate her stepping in and doing this. And like I said, we started doing a Sunday school class with some of our Patreon folks um, where we were going down a little bit of this road that we're going to try to cash out a little bit more in depth in this season. So pietism, I think, is one of those important, um, it's, again, it's like one of those things like once you hear it described, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally, in a murky way. That's kind of that's kind of the, what I've thought over the years in many cases, but mm-hmm. something about it when you make it explicit doesn't sound quite right, and gotcha. so you're like, okay, that maybe yeah. Um, and when I, I hear think that
0: word. Sorry, I think of like the monasteries or like yeah, the old. 1800 cathedrals or things like that but i'm sure it has a different it's related it's related
1: to that it can be related to that i I think that even preceded what we're going to be talking about specifically today but it it is part of i think a, a common theological stream um and i think it's one that has made it if i had to say man what are the things that have led us to disengage our duty in the American evangelical church, in the realm of politics and culture shaping. Mm. I think pietism is one of the, like one of the top two or top three um, theological, I guess, positions or ideologies that have contributed to that. And so I think it's important to to really understand what it is and understand like, okay, which parts of it are true, are parts of it not true that we need to get rid of, or parts of it actually Keeping us from you know walking in the fullness of what God has called us to do, and I would say yeah i I do believe so, and it was really helpful to me to understand what it was and where it came from, where it was leading to and and why so many of our you know, so many of us felt like I don't know how to engage with these things mm. or we just need to, like, not engage with these things. So we're going to spend maybe a few episodes, like, really just kind of hitting this time and time again, come back to it, because I think it's really important for people to be able to understand it, articulate it, and just analyze it from a biblical perspective. So there's a there's a movie we watched. We bought it a couple, a few weeks ago, I guess. I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, called Enemies Within the Church. Yeah, uh really still. good. I, I highly recommend it. Um if you just go to EmmyswithinTheChurch dot com, I believe. Um it's like, I don't know, you can get it for like thirteen dollars on digital. It's it's you know, way worth way more than that. But they really talk about this just what has happened in the evangelical church with regard to these. They and, and they have a section on Pietism that I thought was really good. So hopefully they'll let this go through on YouTube without any problems. But I'm gonna play Just a little um, piece of this movie to kind of uh, whet your appetite here and give you a little bit of background on Pietism.
2: My grandfather was taught that clergymen should not meddle in politics. My father was taught that clergymen should not meddle in politics. I was taught that clergymen should not meddle in politics. My father and grandfather were mostly obedient to the ideas of Christian Pietism but to their credit as good men, not always. Pietism, a common doctrine of the Western church has taught multiple generations that clergymen should never address the cultural controversies.
1: So let me, let's just, if you can still see that, Pietism stresses personal devotion, internal holiness and inward spiritual experience at the expense of an outward legal expression of Christianity in society. Okay. Any thoughts come to mind on that? <laughs>
0: Personal devotion, internal yeah. holiness, and inward spiritual experience. So there's an emphasis, emphasis on experience. Yeah. At the expense of. Yeah. And he mentioned you'd never ever get involved in cultural in, in right. and addressing any of the cultural issues. Yeah, and day.
1: that's a that's a fruit. Okay. Of at least the way this this part of Pietism. Now, um, if you if you do a more thorough study on Pietism, you'll probably recognize there were good elements to it as well. And so, I think I don't have a ton of like you know scholarly knowledge on this, but just in the the little bit of study I've done on it. I believe there was like a high emphasis of scholasticism in Germany at the time when, when they're going to talk about like the founder of pietism, but when this okay. was going on, scholasticism, you know, basically this approach to Christianity, super highly, um, Intel intellectual, um, theological rigor, um, which is good. Like, you know, great theology, being rigorous, being precise, being biblical, all that stuff. I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of that, but, Almost to the degree that it that it pushed out like a warm fellowship with God gotcha, and other believers. Okay. Like almost to where it made it like, you know, you you disagree on this one thing, you know, you're a heretic, we're tossing you out the church and okay. almost just just out of balance a little bit. Overemphasizing, Yeah, over no, so okay. sometimes when people mention scholasticism it is kind of this extreme view of um yeah just just over theologizing to the point that that you become just one dimensional and that's the only thing that christianity is and i think there was an element there was an element of that after luther in germany that had become kind of dominant and so the pietists um were were sort of reacting to that and they were wanting to recover this um warm fellowship with okay. God and and this like, man, I, I really wanna experience him, not just know about him. Mm, that's cool. And I so hear. I think there were parts of that that we might actually appreciate and agree with. For sure. But you know, like anything else. The
0: scholastic when, part or the both, oh, both, yeah. but, but, but I think in <laughs> yeah. this case
1: the react, the Pietistic reaction for sure. Um, there was probably some needed correction to scholasticism.
0: If you want to grow in your confidence and knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it, and we'll see you this summer.
1: but um I think anytime you have a correction to an extreme there's always a temptation sure. to, f- to swing that pendulum and a any too far.
0: good thing to the extreme becomes a bad yeah. thing you know it's yeah. like you start out with yes I want experience God and then you start chasing experiences and that's all you begin to care about yeah. or the other part as well so yeah there,
1: there is that human tendency toward you know being out of balance mm-hmm. right um, and make and, and sometimes you know sometimes you have like something that's extreme like a a good thing gone bad and Mm -hmm. and the reaction is all bad but i think more times than not when a good thing has gone bad the reaction will be sometimes a good thing that goes bad rather than a completely off-base thing and i think pietism is like it wasn't like a straightforward like heretical movement from the top but i think it carried a lot of things with it Mm. that were um less helpful, and then some things that were really damaging. And we're just now really experiencing the results of that in our culture. So again, it stresses personal devotion, internal holiness, inward experience, inward spiritual experience. And this is the key phrase here at the expense of an outward legal expression of Christian society. That's not the only Outward thing illegal. to Pietism, but that is a major part okay. of it. It was like retreat from those, you know, those culture wars, those kinds of things. So I'm gonna um, continue to play on from here.
2: Much less the legal and political worlds, which naturally flow downstream from that culture. Pietism essentially is we take Christianity and we boil it down to the personal. It's all about me, myself, and I we should have absolutely nothing to do with civil government matters. And it stands in utter contrast to historic biblical Christianity again, which said Christ impacts every area of life. Franck was very strong on missions, but on this matter of our relationship to civil government, they were deadly wrong. Somehow this teaching
1: So I want to pause it there just to catch that real quick, if I can rewind it there. Okay. Frank. So he was, they're calling him the Lutheran theologian and Bible scholar, August Frank, I guess he was the founder of pietism. Um, Now this is important because sometimes we can have like historical myopia, right? Or just this, uh, this view that like, we think because we grew up in this certain thing and it's been very popular in America, that that's been like the history of the church. But what the, the, what um, this pastor here is claiming, I, I forget his name offhand. We're going to come back to him because he's written a couple of really helpful books about um, Romans 13. But um, what he points out is actually the more, con- the the I guess the, the view that was more popular throughout the Christian church, and historically speaking, was not pietism. Okay it was actually very involved with this thing so we like while it feels like foreign to us to question pietism pietism was actually more of a johnny come lately theology oh, okay. than it was um the historic christian position um and so let me see if i can find that here again yeah so august Front that was the founder here civil government matters
2: and it stands in utter contrast to historic biblical christianity again which said christ impacts every area of life Frank was very strong on missions, but on this matter of our relationship to civil government, they were deadly wrong,
1: so he's strong on missions, which is good, right mm-hmm. and you can see why like there there's often in pietistic circles there's an emphasis on reaching souls, saving souls, and so mission work can be good, And but mission work is usually defined or narrowed to evangelism in that sense. Maybe um, some form of spiritual growth, maybe helping families, that kind of deal, but that's, that's pretty much the limits of where it goes.
2: Somehow this teaching came to King Frederick, and he immediately began to put the pietists, as they were called, into important positions of teaching
3: in the universities. They began to have a theological construct which basically uh, taught passivity. It it taught compartmentalism.
1: So passivity and compartmentalism. Yeah. What does that remind you, the compartmentalism? What's the the most broad compartmentalism that still flows through our culture is that of sacred and secular. Mm, True. So the pietism is thoroughly... Uh, subscribes to that view of sacred secular okay. and they have a really narrow version of sacred
0: and that's like everything you do in the name of ministry clergymen and pastors and yes. teachers are sacred works yes and everything else is those are the more important com- com- okay those things. are yes. gotcha
1: You know, if like it's some, you know, they'll they'll even say, oh, man, why would you go into, you know, politics or even, Even you know, movie making or something like that? That's that's it's just earthly. It's worldly. It doesn't really, you know, amount to much because the the really the mainly or sometimes even the only thing we should be really concerned about is souls.
3: You deal with what you deal with and we'll deal with what we deal with. Hitler's famous Uh, statement to uh, the Church of Germany at the time was, you just be concerned with the souls of men. I'll take care of Germany.
0: Yikes.
1: Right. And now we we hear that same thing echoed. You know, Hillary Clinton, for instance, she, she she loves pietism. Okay. Because what pietism often does is it gets the people who are conservative because they you know in many cases we have been taught you know basic biblical principles and we understand how that underlies many conservative principles like the right to life or mm-hmm. the right to property those things are grounded in you know broader biblical principles so you don't want those people getting in your way politically so if you can push them out of the way by tempting them with pietism they call it, you know show often talk about worshipers you know yeah. oh yeah we want to have Christian worshipers and you can worship uh, actually Obama used to say that all the time he changed very intentionally changed the language from freedom of religion to freedom of worship you see how that moves it in their minds because they're defining worship again is basically what we do at church Mm -hmm. what we do in our own private lives so getting rid of the influence of biblical thinking on politics so they can bring in their statist ways so hitler wasn't you know he wasn't the only guy doing that we're seeing that in our own times for sure okay huh
3: And that was the fruit of pietism. It was the ability to sing louder as the trains rumbled by, carrying Jews to execution. While Hitler
2: was busy constructing his tyranny and his evil, Christian ministers of Germany were giving a wrong interpretation of Romans 13. They were saying that Romans 13 teaches that we are always to obey the civil authorities.
1: And we're going to so we're going to hit that one hard, too. I think we're going to do maybe three or four episodes down. But I just want to introduce that here because that also ties. Wow. Also goes hand in hand, often goes hand in hand with pietism. It's like, is Romans 13 a carte blanche obey the government? OK. And typically, pietists will say, no, it's not carte blanche. It, it limits it if they, if they tell us specifically you can't preach the gospel that's the only thing we're going to buck on only thing. Okay. Yeah. But that's actually, there's, there's much more to Romans 13 that needs to be said. And so, but I'll just, I'll let this little bit play here. See that
2: the agenda of the statist becomes the agenda of the Christian because they're easily influenced because they're not anchored to the law of God anymore. Authority, the idea of authority is established by God. It doesn't mean every person in authority and everything they're doing is established by God and that you are somehow duty-bound to obey them simply because they happen to hold a position of authority. Uh, In fact, I think we have a duty to rebel against authority as our founding fathers did when that authority is unjust, when that authority is trying to turn us into slaves of man rather than being uh, children of God. Um, and, And there's a responsibility to stand up against it and sometimes even violently oppose it. Um, And if that weren't true, then it was morally wrong for us to fight World War II. But it wasn't. It was the right thing to do.
1: Now, that's a whole other topic. That is. (laughs) This is little hard to paint.
0: Wow.
1: Um, But that was the argument. um, And we're going to come back to that. Like, what was the argument of the American Revolutionary War? And was it justified? Or were they doing something unbiblical? Mm -hmm. I I believe uh, someone like, I could be mistaken about this, but I think John MacArthur, for instance, would argue that the Founding Fathers were out of order. For rebelling against against England and using violence to do that, and what if if it was okay? Was there a difference between that and the French Revolution? And then what does that mean for now, for us now as the state is increasingly growing and growing? Like what are we saying? What do we do with that? Um, How does that relate to Martin Luther King's non non violence regime? All of that. All that. So these are questions, you know, and, and this is honestly interesting why we're doing this podcast. I wish we were just learning this in church more often. And some mm-hmm. churches are, you have some that are stepping up and I, that's man, it's it's massive. And I love that. But at, by and large, I, I haven't noticed a lot of people breaking down the doctrine of the lesser magistrates in the past year where that should have been like one of the primary topics we were going over as the government is doing this, you know, everything they're doing with the COVID, you know, draconian measures and all this kind of stuff. And just running roughshod over you know fundamental human rights and all these kinds of things we're not we don't we're left without answers so we're gonna adopt the answers in the in most cases from you know cnn or msnbc or maybe fox or wherever we're from but not have a a rigorous theological discussion on it and hopefully that's what we'll be able to provide here so
2: if the state commands that which god forbids or forbids that which god commands we are to obey god rather than man
3: None of us would dismiss the reality of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but when it is sealed to only affect my personal ethic or life, that's when we begin to get into trouble. It's no accident that the first communist revolution was in Germany in 1848. Karl Marx um, grew his movement in Germany, which had been neutralized, the politics were were ripe because of Pietism, and when that revolution failed, many thousands of German communists moved to the Midwest of the United States, uh, to Milwaukee, Chicago, etc., and would have-
1: So you can see how this all connects, yeah. and so this influence. Now, um, you know the idea again of Pietism, the inward. And so I think how that gets expressed will will vary from church to church. You'll have some that are hyper focused on just.
0: Experience, yeah, yeah, like personal.
1: experience, personal, like, you know, in, in the better case of scenarios, they'll, they'll include like sanctification and discipleship okay. on a personal level. And they'll talk about the spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation and maybe even extend that. Like, how does this affect your family? Your family should be functional. And then maybe at most like how sh- that we got to build a church that really embodies the kingdom of God. But almost no pietist that I know would go beyond that. Like that's the limits of how Jesus is when we say Jesus is Lord of my heart, maybe my family, hopefully my church. And that's about it.
0: I wonder how um, it plays out when family and the definition of family, quote unquote, becomes a cultural thing mm. and, and is trying to be redefined by culture. That's a great question. And how pietism would address that. You know? Yeah.
1: And I think, I think that's part of the issue is what, see like, like people like me, I'm not from the background uh, the guys that did enemies within the church are more reformed like Douglas Wilson. Some of the people we've been uh, appealing to that I think are, are hitting it right, right down, you know, right, right in the money. Um, it's because they understand the history of just reformed Protestant theology better than I do where I come out of where I come from. Now I appreciate a lot of my background and uh, you know, it, it is, it makes us who we are. Right. And I'm so thankful to the many godly men and women that poured into me. But what I didn't often have was like uh, this kind of, rigorous theology in these areas and what began to wake me up was the assault on the family Mm. because I did know even even as like a you know someone from a charismatic background who valued apologetics and theology I didn't understand all of Christ for all of life but I did value those things and so when they began to when I saw the um, LGBTQ agenda coming through like it was and then what they were doing with it politically that was what began to wake me up and say oh Um, is the state allowed to do this? Are we Mm. as Christians, are we called to just kind of like, do we just, the, the more they spread out, am I supposed to go into the corner more and more and just get out of the way for the sake of souls? Um, Or are we actually supposed to push back? Um, on their turf. And if we do, what does that look like? And that kind of lead, I think that has led many separatist pietists who didn't know they were separatist pietists like myself into defensive evangelicalism. Um, and that's better. Like I said, you know, at least they're getting in the game and you're waking up to the fact that, Hey, no, actually, um, you know, there was a reason that Jesus was crucified is because when you say Jesus is Lord, it was a political statement. It implied that Caesar was not, And so everything they were forcing on them, they were saying, no, it's and and it's not just, you know, that we're not going to preach the gospel is there's more to it than that. Why were the apostles, you know, killed? It wasn't because they care. It wasn't because they had their own private worship. They Mm. they wouldn't have cared about that either. The you know, most politicians throughout history are happy for you to have your own private worship. Mm -hmm. It's because that worship, the Christian worship extends to all of life. And because they were applying that inevitably they came into conflict with the powers that be and so you know when you begin to like pull on that thread more and more it becomes apparent that you're like oh wow there are some answers here biblically that i just have never never thought about before so i think you're it's a great question And I think that that attack, like they went too far in their attack and they started attacking the very nature of God's creation and human being. What is a male? What is a female? What is a family? We want to destroy the nuclear family. What is marriage? And you see the assault of those things that no longer could we afford to at least uncritically hide in our pietism. Yeah, because and then yeah, um, not,
0: during the quarantine, I think many families how saw via the um, Zoom teachings and how their kids were being taught what yep. they were being taught, and yeah, being man. their eyes were open for the first time. Like, yep. wait a minute, this is this teaching. It's not what I agree with. That a lot of Christian families were for sure really taken aback to that. So that's and that's, that's a great thing. point, yeah. and that's
1: another thing that like, like even them teaching the LGBTQ radical stuff to five-year-olds. You know, we've talked about that in California and, and laws against, you know, conversion therapy. And then adding the CRT to yeah. that, yeah. teaching these racist doctrines of critical race theory in school has, has awakened many parents yeah. that were had just mindlessly, again, had their kids not knowing that these things are just the tip of the iceberg of what's been going on for years. And Because I went to public school and, and it took me many years to climb out of that indoctrination. I almost lost my faith, I think, because of those seeds mm. that were planted. And the key here isn't to go back to the 90s you know, and think, oh, that was when everything was good. No, that's when we just didn't know how bad everything was. And that's why we need to do we're going to do episodes on education as well because there's a whole system going back to John Dewey who was an, just an ardent atheist who was trying to put through atheistic principles in the education all the way back to early 1900s that many parents just weren't aware of. That we were already being uh indoctrinated In such a way that at best we would have to hold our, our Christianity over here is like a sliver of privatized faith Mm. that I just hold to that helps me get through life. But when it came to like science and math and English, that was all going to be secularized. And those were the only things I could know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyways, all this stuff is. And is, why
0: should secularism prevail in the education system, right. especially when it's a matter well, of not um, will we serve God, but what God? Exactly. <laughs> will not not whether, but which. Yeah. Right? yeah not whether, but which. Okay. And, gotcha. and so,
1: no, you're exactly right. So the lie of secularism was the neutrality piece, okay. and that's why you know that's why we need to go back and. And, that, and again, I think a lot of these reformed guys, think, there, there are people waking up in every denomination, every branch of Christianity right now, thankfully. But I just think these guys, it's like, uh, there's, a, there's a quote from a famous, was it Jastro, this scientist who said, you know, for many, many years, we climbed up through the ignorance of man, scientists, and we, you know, leaped over that last cliff, I mean, doing a terrible job on this quote, but he's like, we pulled ourselves over there to see, and basically in discovering the beginning of the universe he was talking about. And he said, we finally we pulled ourselves over this cliff of ignorance to, re- to realize a band of theologians have been sitting there for years. Wow. Um, okay. This is me wow. like as, as a kind of a charismatic Wesleyan, I'm lifting myself over this cliff to realize there's been these reform brothers (laughs) have been sitting up here on this mountain talking about this stuff for years. Mm -hmm. So they just have a lot of like time-tested, thorough, clear ideas. And that's why I kind of keep pulling in uh, from their material. So, um, hey, fam, sorry to interrupt this uh, episode. So we... Started this episode and we got done. It was like hour and 20 minutes and just felt super long So we're gonna make it super short and I put the the rest of that episode on a separate file So it's gonna be a patreon episode on the audio end, but you don't have to be a patreon you can we'll have the link below You can just click on it. It'll be an unlisted YouTube thing so we just want to do like a little bonus episode make it into a bonus episode it's kind of we talked through this um article on john piper's pietism and how it you know how it came to to play in the 2020 and all that kind of stuff so i think it's an interesting one and a good one we just didn't want to keep it attached just because it just felt long so check that out below and uh yeah we'll see you next time when we talk about more pietism